0: Well, good morning and welcome to Journey. It's great to see everybody here today, and uh, thanks a lot, Molly. Uh, Molly brings some energy. Uh, that's awesome. That is great. We love Molly and, uh, and the group that are putting this all together, and uh, this is going to be great, so I encourage you. Uh, it'll be a good investment for you. What I love, uh, one thing I loved about the video as well is they were talking about making disciples who make disciples, which is what we're about too, and so all this really works well with uh, our vision as a church. Well, Uh, Here we are today, and we are wrapping up a series. This has been a four-week series on uh, relationships, uh, all the way from dating into marriage, intimacy, talking about what that means. And uh, if you've not been able to join with us the last few weeks and catch the messages, uh, they are on our website. Uh, Some people have been asking me about that, uh, journeyky.church. And as of last week, uh, we began streaming our messages on Facebook and I don't know if you know what that is or not, because you know, I'm not always you know, on the cutting edge of technology, so I had to get like, just tell me a little. You know, I know, of course, but just tell me again and remind me what that means. And so what that basically means is that we're recording right now live, and if you were sick at home, we don't want you to stay home, but um, if you can, get out. But if you couldn't, uh, you could see us live streaming on Facebook, and uh, so uh, people can watch that. At home. Uh, also, it's available throughout the week as well. Uh, so I checked it uh, this morning had our service last week, uh, we had, uh, I think it was 384 additional views on Facebook, which is pretty awesome. I mean, my finger's a little tired because I'm just like, no, I'm just teasing. I'm just teasing. I just went on there once, maybe twice, but only once or twice. I'm just teasing. But that's pretty cool, you know, because that's almost like doubling the size of our congregation. Now, whether they watch the entire thing, I don't know, uh, but they made a presence there, so that's kind of cool. And you can check that out if you want to. And I, I assume those will probably stay on there uh, as the page rolls on down and we add more. But we are uh, live today as well. Well, so we're going to wrap up the series today. Next week, we're going to jump into an exciting series called uh, Seven: The Seven Last Sayings of Jesus on the Cross. Uh, which are going to be pretty awesome. They're going to lead us up into Easter, and uh, so it's going to be a great way to kind of focus our thoughts and center ourselves. Uh, keep in mind our, uh, our Good Friday service uh, that's coming up, and uh, so there's a lot going on in the next few weeks here, but we're glad today to kind of wrap up this series and, and move forward. We're, we're going to talk about marriage, and I've got some really good news about marriage, and I've got some really bad news about marriage. So here's the good news. Uh, They tell us that divorce, which has been uh, such a big issue and devastating to marriages for many years, is starting to level off. There might even be a little minor decline. And you say, well, that's good news. No, the bad news, the bad news, as you probably know, is that people are not bothering to get married. So divorce is not really necessary in a lot of relationships. You know, we all know that marriage is kind of taking it on the chin, isn't it? It really is, is getting battered. Uh, with the the recent decision uh, for uh, same-sex marriage, which was a blow to marriage itself. The cultural changes of thought about the need to get married that we talked about were people who are postponing marriage till much later in life. And so for a lot of people, marriage is considered to be merely one of many equally valid, equally legitimate, equally desirable lifestyle options. But in some subcultures even, marriage has gone from being in a state of high respect to being a less desirable or even an undesirable condition. In a lot of ways, it seems like marriage is losing its social status, and popular respect for marriage seems to be dwindling in America. For many people, marriage has gone from being considered a marker of maturity when you grow up, a responsibility and a respectable status, to becoming a burdensome condition to be avoided for as long as possible. And the result of that is that more and more children are being born and raised in the more difficult, disadvantaged circumstances outside of marital families. It also results in more unstable adult intimate relationships, more domestic violence, more personal distress for adults, and especially more suffering for children. There's a lot of issues that are coming into our culture because of a decline in the value of marriage. And so today we're going to give a shout out for marriage. It's kind of what we're all about to, uh, to wrap up the end of this series. And last week, if you were here, we did a kind of a run through real quick of a re- the life cycle of a relationship. And if you were here and you saw that, this will be a quick reminder. If you didn't, uh, you ought to know about this because our culture is kind of losing sight of this. So real quick, we'll run through the slides we saw last week. We all begin when we're single. That's kind of how we're born in our day and age. Nobody is committed at birth to marry anybody probably. So we're single. And then we move into a dating relationship. We said that dating is really all about you know, kind of getting to know the person and you might date several people and then settle on one person. So dating is when you're dating a single individual, focusing. And then we talked about steady, it's an old word, going out, whatever you might wanna call it. When there's an understanding that we're not really seeing other people, that we are committed to this relationship and see where it goes. And then the next uh, stage is engagement. Uh, and where, where there's something formal that you exchange uh, or give a ring and, and make a declaration, and at some point you're going to get married. And then the next stage is marriage, and, uh, and, then, uh, and wherever that goes for the rest of your life, which is what God intended. And we talked about how that God 's plan has commitment that begins at engagement, because if you're engaged, you ought to be committed to somebody. you 're not dating other people when you're engaged. And then it is consummated into marriage. And then we talked about sex, which is another important part. Last week, uh, you know, Eric said last week was really exciting. That was the sex talks that we had. So you may want to see that. That was a great Sunday to start the streaming with, I guess. Um, But at any rate, sex, the God's plan is only in marriage. And then we said the other big thing are kids, which need the safety and security of the marriage and the family situation. Now, that's the game plan as God designed it. But then we talked about what our world, our culture has done. Here's what's happening in our culture is that we've taken the three big things, commitment, sex, and kids, and we've misplaced them because now sex starts before marriage. In fact, last week we discovered that that many people will have sex even before they date to see if it's even worth dating this person. And we also discovered the percentage of people who are having sex before marriage, outside of marriage, About 85%, not much better for those who claim to be Christians, about 80%. And then we said because there's sex in the single column, that kids are going to also go in the single column. We talked about some of the problems there. More than half of the births to women under the age of 30 are outside of marriage. And we just said that commitment, which is the big thing, commitment is kind of X'd out. Commitment is kind of gone. And this is the the new picture uh, of our society. This is how things are. And, and because we've twisted things out, we got a lot of issues, and our world today is just not into marriage. But I want to ask the question today is, should we not be into marriage? Shouldn't marriage be a greater thing, a much more important thing? How should we view that? And the answer is kind of what we said last week, that the world, that God has taken sex and put it up here, and the world's taken sex and put it down there to be trod on and, you know, and ignored uh, and used in any way. Uh, the same thing is true with marriage. God's putting marriage up here, but the world has discarded marriage. And we need to reclaim what God's plan was really all about because the Bible has a very high view of marriage and reminds us that God holds marriage very, very precious. Now, to understand that completely, I want to share four things the Bible teaches us about marriage. Maybe you never thought about this, maybe you never heard this. But hopefully it will put marriage in the correct light in your eyes to see what marriage is all about. And you'll think differently about it when you leave. First of all, marriage is the very first institution. The very first institution. Now, I want to take away the word institution because really, who wants to be in an institution, right? (laughs) Nobody does. I want you to kind of get past that and think that marriage really is like the first tradition of anything. It is the first organized anything in the entire world. The very first thing, when God created everything, marriage was first. Genesis 2, "'So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of the man's ribs and closed up the place with flesh. Then the Lord God made a woman from the rib he had taken out of the man, and he brought her to the man, and the man said, "'This is now bone of my bone and flesh of my flesh. She will be called woman, for she was taken out of man. And that is why a man leaves his father and mother and is united to his wife, and the two become one flesh.'" Now, this is early, early in creation. This is kind of the beginning of humanity, and God gave Adam, Eve, his wife, and he married them. God established marriage and ordained marriage in creation before the family, before government, before the church, before anything, God established marriage. It's pretty important. And because of that, in the order in which he made it, God has established this And God says that that marriage is the most basic social, relational unit of society. So because of that, we have to value marriage and protect marriage. And that's why the Bible says that when a man and a woman get married, the goal is to stay together. And the word become one flesh is a really interesting word. It has the idea of being glued together. Glued together, that just doesn't come apart. You know, I, I do some woodworking, and, and every now and then I'll glue some boards together. The other day, I, I, I mean, they have really good glue today, really good. I, it doesn't allow for a lot of mistakes. Uh, I guess marriage is like that too sometimes. But So I glued these two boards together, and I thought, man, that's, that's right. And the more I looked at it, the more I thought, that's not right. That, that's not what I wanted. So I tried to unglue them. And the bond of the glue was stronger than the boards themselves because the boards broke apart. The glue would not release, the boards broke apart. And I thought about that, you know, marriage just to be just that strong, stronger than us, the bond that we have together, that we, it, it, you know, that we will give before the bond gives in our relationships. And you know, marriage forms a foundation for everything else to rest on. And when the foundation of something begins to crumble, then everything else falls. I don't know if you ever thought about that, but marriage is the very first institution, tradition that God ever established. It's the foundation of everything. Secondly, marriage depicts the supernatural union between Christ and His church. This is interesting. In Ephesians 5, it says, as Christ is, is the head of the church, His body of which He is the Savior, just as Christ loved the church and gave Himself up for her, to present her to Himself as a radiant church, For we are members of his body. For this reason, a man will leave his father and mother, be united to his wife, the two will become one flesh. This is a profound mystery, but I'm talking about Christ and the church. Did you know that there's only one relationship in the Bible or connection that is sacred enough to even begin to reflect the relationship of Jesus and the church? And that is marriage. Marriage. Nowhere else is there any analogy giving that this is like this, and the, it, it's the, the marriage is what it's, by, what it's about. And look what we've done with marriage. In our world today, it's undervalued, undermined. You know, it's, it's walked on, it's thrown out, it's you know, rejected and neglected, and everything else. And our world to kind of become a joke. So if marriage is the filter that people see the church through today, then no wonder the church doesn't have any value either. If that's the way we see it in the comparison, then no wonder they don't value the church either. Thirdly, marriage is the event that God has selected to uh, consummate all of time. The event that God's chosen to consummate all of time. One day, we know this, everything around us is going to disappear. It's all going to be over. God's going to call time, the game's over, and it's all going to end now there's a variety of ways that people think it's gonna end. You know, whether it's sudden, boom, it's over. Whether there is a rapture, whether there's gonna be a tribulation, Antichrist showing, and you know, a thousand years of tribulation, the second coming, new millennium, whatever happens. After all of that is over, all of it's done, the dust is settled, there's gonna be a wedding. It's gonna be a wedding. That's pretty cool. Revelation chapter 19. After this, I heard what sounded like the roar of a great multitude in heaven shouting, Hallelujah! Salvation and glory and power belong to our God. All fell down and worshiped God who was seated on the throne. And then I heard what sounded like a great multitude, like the roar of rushing waters and like loud peals of thunder shouting, Hallelujah! For our Lord God Almighty reigns. Let us rejoice and be glad and give him glory. For the wedding of the Lamb has come and his bride has made herself ready. At the end of time, when all of this world is past and over and eternity begins, And those who are in Christ are going to be united with Christ to enter heaven. It is not done with a coronation. Even though Jesus is going to be king, it's not a coronation. It's not done with a graduation. We're not going to go, oh, we graduated. We made it to heaven. Relief, you know, even though there will be some. It's not a graduation. It's not an installation. It's not an inauguration. It's going to be done with a wedding. Isn't that cool? It's going to be a wedding, and it's going to be a wedding feast. And it's going to be incredible. You know, you heard a wedding crashing. There won't be any wedding crashers. But I mean, this feast, this feast is going to be out of this world. And here's the incredible thing: you are invited. We are all invited to this incredible wedding. Let me ask you: There's going to be some weddings this year. We got a wedding coming up this year. You know what's going to be the biggest wedding uh, among people this year? You probably know, right? Prince Harry and uh, and Meghan Markle, right? How many of us are already sick of hearing about it? But but it's going to hear. Yeah, we're going to hear more about it. It's going to be the big deal. I think it's May the 19th. They're going to get married, and uh, you know it's all, it's all. just leave your TV and radio off that day because that's all we're going to hear, right? But you know what? You're not going to be invited to it. More than likely. Not not likely. But you are invited to the most important wedding ever. You have an invitation. And you know what? Can you imagine being invited to that wedding and going, no, I don't think I want to go. I got more things going on. You know, but but we're invited to the greatest wedding of all, and people are not valuing the invitation. It's crazy. But there's going to be a wedding, and we're going to be invited to attend that. It's awesome. Number four, marriage is to be held in the highest honor. All throughout the Bible, marriage is always honored. We don't have the right to redefine it. Man doesn't have the right to say, oh, it's not a man and woman like God said. No, it's something else. No, we don't have that right. We don't have the right to minimize it. We don't have the right to ignore it or to avoid it. Hebrews chapter 13 says marriage should be honored by all, honored by all people. It is the highest earthly tradition, institution, organized anything That's what God says about marriage. Now, since the Bible says so much about marriage, you might think, well, maybe everybody ought to be married. Well, no, no, not really. That's not what the Bible teaches either. It says everybody should honor marriage, but maybe not. Jesus said this. This is interesting. This is from the Message Version. It says in Matthew 19, not everyone is mature enough to live a married life. (laughs) It takes a lot, doesn't it, to live a married life. Many of us think we're probably not mature enough to do it. It requires a certain aptitude and grace Marriage isn't for everyone. Some from birth seemingly never give marriage a thought. Others never get asked or accepted. Thought about that. And some decide not to get married for kingdom reasons. But if you're capable of growing into the largest of marriage, do it. What does the Bible say? The Bible says that marriage is to be honored by all, but maybe not for everyone because you may be called to a life of singleness. Paul says in Ephesians, or 1 Corinthians 7, sometimes I wish everyone were single like me, a simpler life in many ways. A single life would be a simpler life, probably. But celibacy is not for everyone, he says, any more than marriage is. God gives the gift of the single life to some, the gift of the married life to others. So if you are called to married life, or if you have made that decision to be married, then acknowledge that. If you're called to a single life, acknowledge that. But here's the thing, if you're called to a single life, then you can't just bypass marriage. You cannot create a substitute for marriage. You can't enjoy all the privileges of marriage without the commitment or the responsibility of marriage. In other words, living together, not married, should not be an option for you. That's what the Bible teaches. And that flies in the faith of our culture, I'll be honest with you. Not if you really want to please God, it's not an option. See, because marriage is a big deal to God. It's a big deal. Everything in the Bible tells us what a big deal it is. And it's a big deal to us too. And we want to stand up for marriage. What's going to happen if marriage disappears? For the people who think marriage is just an option... Or something that you might think of. What if it disappears? Because that's where it's headed in a lot of ways. If we don't stop this, so I think it's time for us to stand up and say, "Hey, it's it's a big deal. We gotta we gotta change things." Now we're not going to embarrass you. We're not going to make you feel awkward. There's no sin patrol is going to come to your house. I'm not going to be called on the carpet. I'm not saying that. The Bible says it's kind of a personal obligation, a personal responsibility, that we have to work out our own salvation with fear and trembling. That's what we have to do. We have to figure what the Bible says and then comply with that. See, living a life for Christ means that there are moral implications and there are tough issues to wrestle with and difficult decisions to make. And to be honest with you, it would be easier for us at the church to say, well, we're not going to talk about the controversial issues. This is one. But we want to stand for what the Bible says. And so that's what we're trying to do and just lay, set this out there, if you don't buy into this and it's not me you're disagreeing with, don't go away and say, Randy is wrong about marriage. Don't go away and say, Journey Church, is, you, you may go away and say God's wrong, but, but you've got to deal personally with him on that. And I just want to challenge you, if this hits you where you are, I, I want you to think about it. If you're living together outside of marriage, you're sexually active outside of marriage, you're hurting your relationship with Christ, and you are not going to receive God's blessing on that relationship. That's just the way it works. Because you're violating his design and you're desiccating the holy nature of marriage. Now maybe, maybe you're here and you say, you know what, this is kind of where we are. We need to end this, but I'm not ready for marriage. And here's what I would say, if, if that's you, and that may be you. Stop living together, move out, stop having sex, and keep dating. Hopefully you'll get to the place where marriage is where you both want to be. For those of you who say, you know, we need to stop this and we want to get married, but we can't afford a wedding. Weddings don't have to be that expensive, to be honest with you. And let me just say this. If that's the big deal in your life, you come and talk to me. I will marry you pretty quickly, no charge, all right? No charge. Let me back up a little bit and say this. Normally when I plan a wedding, I do charge. And the reason why I charge is because it takes several meetings it takes an entire weekend because, you know, these are a big, big deal. So I do have a fee that I charge. But I'm going to do it one, you know, today special only. Not really. <laughs> I'll do that for free. I'll do that for free. Let me, tell you, let me tell you one of the most memorable weddings I ever did. One weekday, and this was years ago. This was in the old building down there. I was sitting in my office. These two guys walked in, and uh, the guy said, uh, he introduced himself. He said, uh, I-, I want you to marry me, uh, marry us. Marry us, I think is what he said. Well, these two guys, and I'm like, ah, you know, this is 20 years ago or so. And I'm like, what? And he goes, no, this is my brother. So he's come in here with me, and uh, I have been living with a woman, and we have, you know, for many, many years, and we want to get married. And uh, she does, I told her we'd do it, and, sh- and uh, she never believes me, but today I want to do it. And uh, I said, are you messing with me? He said, no, I'm serious. She's out in the parking lot. And I said, well, let's go out and meet this woman. So I went out there, and I met her, and she was, she, it was funny. She was a, a blushing bride. They have grown children. Uh, she was a blushing bride. She was excited, but she was skeptical because he had obviously promised this several times. And uh, so we talked a minute, and I said, well, I said, you got a license? He's like, yeah, I got a license. I said, when you want to do it? He said, right now. I said, now? And he's like, yeah. I mean, they had a, uh, some family members with them there. I said, well, let's go into church. He said, no, I want to do it right here. So we stood in the parking lot, (laughs) cars going by, you know, it was a nice day, and I married them in the parking lot. I mean, it was, uh, I've never done that before. But I want to tell you, then he said, he said, uh, what do I owe you? I was like, nothing. (laughs) Because part of me thought, I'm just happy to do this. The other part was, I'm not charging somebody to marry them in the parking lot. I am not going to do that. I am above that for sure. You know, but I want to tell you, I remember that couple probably more than most couples I ever married. Uh, I really do. I'll never forget that couple. And I I wish I knew what was going on. If you're here today and I married you in a parking lot (laughs) 15 years ago, come up and tell me. I would love to know how things are going. All right. But I want to tell you, that was such a simple wedding. It was uh, kind of off the cuff. But they were happy as any couple I've ever married. And I think that was pretty daggone cool, to be honest with you. I I would do that. we got a big parking lot out here. All right. (laughs) Guys, why don't we start putting the holiness back in marriage? Why don't we we make that a big part of our life by by respecting marriage? And here's the thing I want to challenge you in all seriousness. If you're married today, would you start viewing your marriage as a symbol of Christ and His church? We can all stand back and we can talk about the sad state of marriage and how people don't get married and, you know, same-sex marriage and how all, you know, We can do that, or we can say, you know what? I'm married, and my marriage doesn't look anything like what Jesus and the church ought to look like. So why don't we start with ourselves and do a personal check to say, what is my marriage looking like? And if I viewed it through the lens of Christ and the church, wouldn't it look different? Because maybe the low view that the world has of marriage is because the church doesn't value it either, and married couples don't respect marriage the way they treat each other. So maybe we start with ourselves. Let's commit to marriage, like Jesus said, with the, we, the things we talked about in this series, about intimacy and sharing and loving and meeting the needs of one another. Let's commit to marriage until death do us part and never consider divorce. I read a really interesting article. It wasn't a Christian article, but it, he said that the four words that every spouse needs to hear besides I love you is I'm not going anywhere. I'm not going anywhere to make that promise. Let's start with ourselves. And if you're here and you're acting married, but you're not, let's talk about it. No criticism, no judgment. Had a couple this week come to me and say, hey, can we get married? I'm like, sure, let's do it. It's going to be a small service. Let's just do it. I know it can be complicated, but we can figure out how to make things right in God's eyes because you're never, ever going to get God's blessing when you're living outside of his will. And that is true in every area of your life. You'll never get his blessing until you're living inside his will. And today, my question for all of us is, are you living within the will of God? Do you have a relationship, which he's he's called all of us to have, with him through Jesus Christ? You can have everything else right in your life, but if this one area is wrong and missing, then you've missed the boat. So I want to invite you, if you want to have a conversation about anything we've talked about today, please come and see me. Give me a call, whatever it is. Honestly, I would love to help you get inside of God's will and find his blessing on every area of your life. Let's pray together. Heavenly Father, thank you for today. Uh, God, thank you for, your, for the incredible gift of marriage. Lord, we know it's tough. It's difficult. And Father, living in a, a culture around us that doesn't value it, it rubs off on us. Everything does. God, we start sometime even taking up the same habits of the world, and we just need times to remind us what you've established and and are ordained and what you've made right and figure out, God, how do we get inside of that? How do we become what you want us to be? And Lord, I want to pray for each person here in whatever state or status they may be right now. God, whether it's single, if it's married, if it's uh, planning to get married, hoping to get married, whatever it may be, God, that you would just uh, do do a miracle in each life. God, I pray you would heal marriages that are struggling, that they would begin both begin to work harder to see what you want their relationship to look like. And maybe, God, to seek the counseling that they need or uh, the support around them that they need, a study that would help them learn some skills, whatever it might be, Lord, that they would just uh, work on it because marriage takes work, it demands work. And Lord, for, for, for each of us, whatever our place may be, May we see everything through your eyes. May we submit to your authority, to your truth. May we find ourselves in your will. Lord, I ask these things in Christ's name. Amen.